I don't fuck with anything uh, Unless we're in my room again Yeah, yeah The world ain't going anywhere uh, And if it is, we'll see it end Right, yeah uh, Right outside my window, yeah I got my own tempo here Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel for episode 32 uh, we're having a good time here. We're well into our 30s. We're feeling real comfortable about ourselves. You know, we're no longer self. We're no longer insecure. We've got our emotional intelligence down. You know, maybe we'll start a family. Who knows? Feeling real good. Um, and with that, you know, we're we're we're, <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving forward. Uh, and uh, we're 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 having on some more diverse guests. And you know, and the crypto space is uh, is very interesting and very intriguing on its own. So that means the projects that come out of it have their own certain level of novelty, and this one is no different. Uh, and But before we get into that, you know, this is again your host, as always, Stephen Mackey, host of Block Channel, with my other co-hosts, who are always bravely by my side as we journey into this adventure of technology, uh, Demetric Ferguson and Corey Petty. Uh, gentlemen, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves to the crowd for the 32nd time? Yeah, I'll go for it. Hey, guys, it's me, co-host D. Of the Bitcoin podcast and block channel. Excited to be here. I did finish up that season of American Horror Story, and I'm excited because Mackie just introduced me to Neo Tokyo. So I'm gonna check that out. Neo Yokio, come on, Neo Yokio. Drop the name of the anime. Not, gotta get it right so people can get it on Netflix because you know well, it's, not it's, not it's not Neo Tokyo. It's Neo Yokio, man. It's like New Age New York. That's the joke. It's not Tokyo. It's New York. Okay. Come I'm on, I'm gonna man. add it to my watch list. Okay. Uh, and uh, oh, Corey, please. Yep. Doctor Petty here. Always not nearly as funny as these guys, but love being a part <laughs> of the show. No, no, no. Corey's 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 funny. You know, you have a you have you have a PhD, so you legitimize our humor. It's very important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so this week, uh, you know, we're uh, we're joined by another uh, really awesome project. Um, uh, who the founder of the company just so happens to be my roommate. So scheduling this was really great. Um, and I'm actually recording this um, from right outside of his room, actually sitting on a stool. So, you know, uh, I mean, you're not here and I'm sorry, but uh, I mean, he's currently down in uh, Southern California, kicking ass back and forth, working on something really great. Um, but we'll get more of that soon. Um, so in the meantime, Amin Soleimani, uh, founder of Spank Chain, uh, would you please just go ahead and uh, you know give us a background on yourself, uh, and please be as detailed as you can. Hey, uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, excited to be here. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, I am a trained chemical engineer, and then I stopped doing that, learned software engineering, uh, worked on some news aggregation startups called Filter. I was trying to build Spotify for journalism, but that failed because... Uh, Donald Trump wasn't president, and so nobody cared about news. Uh, and also, <laughs> micropayments infrastructure didn't really exist. Uh, and so uh, then I, at the very least, the news aggregator told me about Ethereum. And so I learned about Ethereum, and I joined Consensus, where I worked for a year. Uh, it was the best job I've ever had. And then I left Consensus uh, to work on some of my own projects. And And yeah. So where were you a chemical engineer at? Where where are you from originally? Give us a little bit more details into your persona. Right. Okay. So let's fill in some blanks here. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of D.C. in the Maryland side in uh, Rockville, Maryland. 
Um, yep. Northern Virginia represent. I'm in Maryland. Yeah. So that was that. Uh, I went to college uh, in upstate New York at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Uh, it was it was sort of like uh, being on the wall in Game of Thrones because uh, <laughs> I, was, I was in a fraternity uh, so, and it was very cold all the time. So it, there are no girls uh, and all, I, all we had were our brothers. Oh, everything <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so that was college. Uh, and then, um, you know, I taught myself uh, more of the software engineering side. Um, the first thing I did when I learned how to program was I built a Bitcoin arbitrage bot. Um, and so I, I made like, I don't know, $10 off of arbitrage and then like a couple, couple thousand dollars when the, the price of Bitcoin went up in 2013 and then lost everything in Mt. So I le- learned a lot of lessons very quickly uh, there. Um, and, and then I started working on the filter, as I was saying. What did you do at Consensus? At Consensus, right. So at Consensus, uh, I worked on a few things. Um, I worked on uh, state channels research, uh, which which I'm, I'm still pretty excited about. Uh, I worked on the energy project Cotricity in, in collaboration with um, the second largest German utility company, Energy. Uh, and I also helped launch AdChain. Uh, and as some of you may know, AdChain is uh, a joint project between Consensus and MetaX. Uh, MetaX is a ad tech startup in Venice. Um, and the idea behind AdChain is to solve the $16 billion fraud problem uh, in, in digital advertising uh, by using uh, incentivized uh, token tokenized registries uh, to basically build a whitelist of publishers that are non-fraudulent. So how do you get from that studying state channels, working on these projects to get into Spank Chain? Yeah. Uh, so, so that was an interesting leap. Um, the way, you, the way it I've works... You, before you get into this, I've heard you joke about making Bitcoin the Betamax to Ethereum's VCR. So <laughs> I remember reading your first announcement when you came across this on a, it was either our Ethereum or our Trader. We were like, we're gonna beta max Bitcoin. So I want you to know, I have, I have, a, I want a good answer here. <laughs> okay. Um, so I mean, in that post, I was just trying to draw some parallels, which is that if Ethereum happens to have all of the uh, beautiful women and and men in porn, um, and it it becomes the de facto platform for for serving uh, the porn industry, uh, then it might be the case that. Uh, Bitcoin becomes uh, less, you know, important. <clears throat> um, but how, how did I get into that in general? Um, actually, so, I mean, mostly I was looking for, the, f- the first thing I was thinking is how do I apply this like cutting edge payment channel, state channel uh, technology that I know is going to be really interesting. Um, but uh like, wh- where's the first place that we're going to see it used? And, and I'm also thinking, you know, what, where's the first place that we're going to see consumers really start to use cryptocurrencies, right? Because the only thing you can really do with, you know, Ethereum right now is buy tokens. You have a bunch of Ether, that's, that's all you get. Crowdfunding is, is really the only thing that works right now. Uh, <clears throat> so having, having tried to build the micropayment infrastructure once with Filter to, to do the, you know, sort of uh, tipping on online journalism, I realized that um, 
porn is probably the best industry uh, to start in um, because it would be the first to adopt it. And if we could make breakthroughs in the technology, then it could have pretty powerful second order effects where lots of the other uh, industries where it might be less immediately lucrative uh, could also benefit from our work. Excellent. So you've gotten into this now, you got the project going, like I'm, I'm sure you guys are like feeling, feeling confident about it. Give us some more kind of explicit details into like kind of like where you guys are at, what sort of adventure have you guys had up until this point? Because this is a pretty, it's a pretty exciting idea that, well, you know, like what you guys are doing. So give us some more of a background around the story of Spank Chain. All right. So, uh, let's see, Spank, Spank Chain really came into existence when I published the Genesis deck, uh, which is what you were referring to in my Betamax Bitcoin. This was, I, I think it was May uh, that I published that. Um, and so that was like a 120 slide uh, deck about how I thought we could use this technology to disrupt uh, the porn industry and also um, help uh, lower, lower fees for everybody involved. Um, and since then, uh, we, I, at that point, that was basically just me. Uh, and since then, we have a team of nine. Uh, and our team right now is uh, seven developers, myself included, uh, one designer slash biz dev guy, and like one porn star. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> and that's, that's been our team. Um, and so <laughs> the first thing that we were focusing on was building um, a demonstration of our payment channels. And so uh, we we partnered with uh, Sergey uh, from Machinami, which is uh, one of the furthest along payment channel implementations on Ethereum. Um, and, and we worked together to make this demo of using payment channels uh, to, to be able to tip and uh, have private shows on, on, a, on a CAM site. Um, and so we did that and the community received that pretty well. It was pretty exciting, got a lot of good feedback. Um, we had a, we had a lot of fun with it. We shot it in, in this mansion we were renting uh, to sort of have like a month long team retreat uh, in, in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, it was a pretty good time. Uh, and then we uh, have since moved on to preparing for our token launch, and we've uh, built a uh, state channel based auction, which uh, is the first of its kind, and we're really excited about and almost done. Um, and so then we're looking forward to moving on to actually getting all of this stuff done once the uh, token launch is complete. Yeah, and you're doing something very different for this particular token launch, and that is you have, you're implementing state channels into the ICO contract. Can you explain like how that works and how it will change the way people interact with doing an ICO that they couldn't do beforehand? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my, my personal opinion is that everybody is going to do it like this. Um, and, and so it addresses uh, two significant problems in I would uh, how, ICOs, how ICOs are done uh, today, right? So one of the first problems is uh, network congestion, right? So the reason we have network congestion is because we have these uh, capped auctions or auctions that are first come, first serve. Uh, and so everybody uh, gets into a blind rush to... Uh, give the, you know, send their money to these contracts. And what ends up actually happening is that people end up bribing miners by putting uh, really high gas fees, uh, gas, gas prices. Uh, and, and, it, and also the transactions that don't get in just like sit in the mempool and can block the network for days. So like, you know, when Bancor 
uh, had their auction, when Status had their auction, the blockchain was basically unusable. Um, and so, so we address that problem. Uh, and the way we do that is that we have uh, a separation of the deposits and the bids. So everybody can register and, and, and place their deposit over like a period of two weeks. So we're going to have a two-week purchase phase. And during that, uh, you, you can place your deposit on the chain. And if you find that like, you know, there's, there's a lot of traffic or the network congestion side, just like wait a few hours and then try again, right? So we, we our, our auction is conducted in a much more orderly fashion. Um, the second problem that we address uh, is that every single token launch to date, uh, as far as I know, has either had a fixed price uh, in advance or a fixed uh, quantity of tokens that they are selling in advance, right? So um, what, what I mean by that is like, imagine, you know, a totally naive token sale, which is we're going to sell, you know, 50% at X price, right? And then that has this, also has the congestion because now we're just going to sell uh, everything. Uh, whoever gets their first win, um, you, you could have a dynamic quantity, which is like we'll sell between 30 and 60%, but a fixed price, which is like, all right, you know, um, depending on how much we raise, we'll, we'll sell uh, this much. But what, what, what you're doing there is, is you're sort of uh, shooting yourself on a foot a bit because before you know what the market can bear, you are committing to these, these, these numbers, right? Uh, and so in, in one case, you might get uh, very little interest. And if you get very little interest, you, you might have uh, people who are buying tokens for cheaper or um, you, you find yourself in a position where you, you just gave up a lot of your tokens um, and you weren't able to collect as much as you need to, to really uh, help make your network valuable. Um, and you would have been better off if you had potentially waited a little bit to sell more of your tokens uh, later on. And, and the flip side of that is uh, if, if the market is very interested, uh, then you could shoot yourself in the foot by not uh, proportionally increasing the price so that um, you, you maximize the capital that you're willing, that you're able to take in, right? Uh, and so um, the way our, our system works is uh, you, you've got your you know, two-week uh, purchase phase, and then so you place your deposit during that. And then what you also do is you'll go to our website and you will send us a series of signed bids. And so let's say you've deposited uh, 100 Ether, for example. Um, you might, uh, at, at, a, at a lower price, you might want to put in more Ether. Uh, and then at a slightly higher price, you might want to put in slightly less Ether and, and so forth. And what ends up happening is the, the set of bids that you send us approximates your demand curve uh, for the token, right? And so then what we're able to do is once the um, purchase phase is over, we have this aggregate of all of the demand curves and we match that against our internal supply curve that we uh, decide on in advance, and we see where they intersect. And then once we've done that, we, uh, we take the price and the quantity at that price, and we will set the strike price uh, on the contract. So we do a function call, we, we set the strike price, uh, and then we send in any number of these bids that will uh, uh, at that price or above that price. So if you, if you bid below that price, you can't use your bid. Uh, and, and the other thing to note is that we can only send in one bid per person. So like we, if you send us a bunch of bids, we can't just, you know, arbitrarily send in uh, many of your bids. So one bid per person. But then what we'll do is um, we will uh, send in these bids and then we'll complete the auction, right? Um, and so that allows us to uh, really respond to what the market uh, is, is, is telling us 
uh, when we do our token launch. And I think it's a good pattern. I think I think that's a great pattern. I think that's a great scheme. I, th I find it ironic that the the one ICO crowd sale that was built the most not to fuck you happens to be a porn related one. <laughs> but, but, I mean, whatever. That, I don't I don't know <laughs> what you're trying to say about porn here, but <laughs> I, I'm just I no one had made a single sex related pun this entire time, and I said don't do it, but I had to take the chance to do it anyway. <laughs> At least it was a good one. Well, I'm gonna good. I'm gonna take that momentum and keep going. So like. You mentioned disrupting the porn industry, and I mean that's been it's been a big part of every male's life, especially mine. So it's like thirteen. I mean it's a big deal. So like, what do my spanks get me? Like, yeah. do they have a function on the network, or are they? Because I like to think it's utility, okay. the spank. Yeah, what's the utility? Yeah, so, of my so spanks? I told I told you guys about how the auction works. I didn't I didn't tell you guys how the token works. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so let me let me get into that. Um, I've been spanking for nothing my whole life. <laughs> judiciously copied the token model from Gnosis. Uh, like doing what the Gnosis team did last week is like a really good strategy for success. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, so we we didn't copy their option directly, but I, you know that's because we uh, had had the opportunity to build the state channel one, uh, which you can only really do if you've got an elite team of state channel beds. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, bitch, the token, I push my shoulders off. I'm just an elite. Team. <laughs> So for the token, uh, you know, Gnosis has a, a two-tier token system. Uh, so they have uh, GNO and WIZ. So GNO is their generator token um, and, and WIZ is their usage token. And so what you do is you hold GNO and you stake it on a smart contract. And what that'll do is that'll uh, generate WIZ according to an algorithm. Uh, and then you can use WIS uh, for any of the Gnosis platform services or applications to pay the Gnosis fees. And one WIS is counted as $1 worth of fees on the platform. And so we basically, uh, if you like control F and find and replace and do a no for spank and WIS for booty, uh, that's how our token works. <laughs> ah, got it. Okay. Well, hey, I think that's fair. If there's someone has a mechanism at play that works and it makes sense, it, since we're going to go forward for an interoperable future, if there's synergies and how functionalities for tokens works, by all means, don't don't you know recreate the wheel, you know, do your thing. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. So I think you know, first of all, like the, the team is really good. We're, I'm I'm pretty close to the new founders, uh, and we're we're going to collaborate on matters of you know economic and fiscal policy regarding our token structures. Um, and and I think I think in general that the token model makes a lot of sense because it sort of acts as this like dynamic license uh, access token model, right? And and the way you can think about it is that if you hold one percent bank, uh, you will generate at equilibrium uh, one percent of the total fees that are uh, used on the platform, right? So if you're using one percent of the platform and you are holding one percent of the token, then you're covered, right? And it gives it gives you this nice nice benefit where uh, you, you can model uh, you, you can predict the future usage of your platform uh, much much better. Uh, so let, let me try to explain that. So like if you have a lot of for example a uh, a single token where the the token floats like like take that for example right. So uh, basic tension token you use that to pay for ads on the Brave network right. So I'm going to go and then I'm going to hold a bunch of that because I'm, my business model is going to be centered around buying these ads. But uh, if the price fluctuates because the service is tagged to the dollar, then 
uh, I might find myself in a, in a place where like I, I suddenly have less fat than I thought I needed and I need my more because the price went down or, you know, I have a lot more runway because the price went up, right? Um, and in our model, uh, even if the underlying token, the spank, uh, the, the price fluctuates, it doesn't have an impact on your, uh, the, the, the amount that you can use the platform, right? Um, and so I think it makes it easier for people to reason about how they're using the platform. It also, uh, and I thought that was, that it also was slightly nice. disincentivizes the people to just hoard tokens and not use them in some, in some way, shape or form. Like, like a lot of people who grab a token, put it in a wallet and it sits there for years, like the whole Bitcoin community, basically, like, mm-hmm. it, you're actually incentivized <laughs> to stake your coin if you want to use the network. So you're, you have a direct measurement of how popular your network is based on what's being staked, because that's the only reason to do it. Yeah, correct. That's, that's a, another feature. That's really nice. So, uh, so, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly you know, hearing about, you know, all the sort of like technical challenges that go into like building a live streaming, um, you know, payment channel platform. Because this isn't the first of its kind. There was a, there was a platform called Streamium.io, which was built from like Esteban and like those sort of guys from the, uh, the Zeppelin, uh, the Centraland team. Those guys back in like 2013, they built like the first live streaming platform, but it used Bitcoin payment channels before anyone had even thought about using Bitcoin payment channels. And I was excited about the technology then. So obviously that persisted to today now that we can do it, you know, in a more scalable sense. So that being said, what what other sort of technical difficulties have you guys faced and triumphed over in between getting something like this working? Because I've seen the proof of... uh, uh, excuse me, the MVP, you know, product that you guys put out the video demoing the platform and, you know, how it works. So, so what else has gone into building this aside from, you know, being innovative with a state channel ICO contract, you know, building obviously, you know, a platform that has, has a usage and obviously has a use case right now today, utilizing a, a cool structure like the no Wiz sort of like, like token structure that all, that all makes sense. But what else has there been? Yeah. So, uh, Bitcoin is fundamentally limited, um, and and it's because it was never intended to be a platform. It was it was always intended to be a way to transact uh, Bitcoin, right? Yep. Peer to peer cash, yep. right? Um, and and what Spank Chain, uh, well, not, not Spank Chain directly, but what what Ethereum allows you to do is build these sort of economic platforms uh, that are interoperable, right? Um, be, because it exposes the smart contract language. Uh, and so with, with Spank Chain, uh, we're able to like build payment channels. Um, but we, we can also, uh, integrate other, other, uh, t- types of services, um, at the smart contract level. So like, for example, we can build like a model registry, right? And a model registry would act as, as the anchor for identity. You can, you can think of this as like a sort of ENS for model names. Uh, that also attaches, you know, uh, to the smart contract where they have some like off-chain uh, identity, or it's like an identity crosswalk where they, they have their other social profiles and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you have that in an open, um, free uh, platform layer, then anybody can use that and build applications on it, right? Um, and and so it sort of allows you to invite more people to build on your technology than you were previously able to do by having more of it be open. Right. Got it. Uh, the, the other thing is that this is all a lot easier to do um, because 
in, in just in terms of developer time and, and energy um, because of Ethereum, right? So, so it's, it's just, uh, you can do it with less people and therefore the, the economics work out uh, better. Do you guys see a flipping happen? That's what I hear. I keep hearing it over and over and over again. Do we still talk like, about the flipping? Have we? Haven't we just decided we're on like a multi-coin future? Haven't we accepted a reality yet? Well, that's the reality that I'd prefer. But a lot of people still discuss the flipping, and they bring that up. They want. They, they want one or the other, and that's just that's just kind of silly. I see. I see the. I see the game here that that Amin is playing. I think it makes a. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know. It, it, Look, man, I'm not trying to flip anything. Uh, but I, I will say that the network effects in Ethereum are really interesting, right? Because you, you do get this thing where, where if you you have this shared database layer, right, and then and then uh, the, this like interoperable application layer, which is a smart contract, right. So as soon as you have like an identity platform, for example, uh, on Ethereum, then like every application suddenly gets identity, right. As soon as you have you know a, a few of these cornerstone services in place, then uh, th this is a secondary network effect above just like currency and money that uh, other non-smart contract blockchains don't have. It's an actual appropriate use case of the business word synergy. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not saying that because we're trying to sell you a product, that's the actual definition of things working together to build something that's greater than the whole. It's, and, mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's that's a great so, explanation. So, what are your um, what are you guys' plans outside of you know once you guys have uh, dominated the the sex industry? What is uh, what what comes after that? <laughs> well, so I mean, I, I also want to point out that we're not just building like a campsite, right? We're we're building a way for anybody to help to build their own campsite, or even beyond that, for like other types of adult businesses. Um, and, and so like the other types of, of, of things that we're looking at doing is like a content marketplace. Uh, so, uh, what, one, one example of a content marketplace is like many vids, basically you sign in and you, you, you know, uh, you see a video that you like and you click it and you buy it. Uh, but, but all of these sites are fundamentally limited because they, they all want to like, you know, have a credit card, a username, an email, and it's annoying. Nobody wants to deal with that anymore. If you have a wallet, um, then you can use any of these websites. Uh, with with the same payment layer and your identity is rooted to your your payment layer and so there's a huge advantage to to having that all be interoperable uh, and 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 the thing I'm I'm really excited about is uh, having like unlocking this this micro payments for content on the internet business model that I've I've been trying to get done for a years. chastity belt if you will uh, <laughs> no it's, so it's like it's like this, the, the, the people who currently buy content online, you know, whether it's newspapers or uh, porn or whatever, you know, it's like either it's just like $10 a month subscription thing or, you know, it's a buy a video for five bucks or something like that, right? Uh, the, the business, the, 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 the problem with that is that the user experience of that isn't that great, right? You don't want to buy like a single video. But, and, 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 and uh, there's, there's been this migration to tube sites. Right, which is like all you can get. Uh, this is, you know, whenever you found this, when uh, after you you turned, I don't know, 16, your experience that like never, you know, nothing was ever the same. So, 
But the, the thing <laughs> is, is that those, those are all monetized through ads because the, the friction for paying for content at that, at that level of granularity is too high. But if you have this sort of like automatic payment system that was integrated, so you could just pay a few cents every time you, you were able to receive content. And you were able to do this in a way that wasn't uh, previously allowed simply because the transaction fees on payment channels are so much lower than like, for example, a credit card payment, then uh, I think, I think we're going to start to see more of this type of uh, business model emerge and a huge portion of, of the population, which would be priced out of these like higher uh, uh, priced content marketplaces are, are going to be able to uh, pay for the, the content that they consume. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that, not only in porn and, and also in, you know, the, the rest of the internet and, and what the sort of micropayments technology brings. Uh, and so you asked, what, what, what will we do after we dominate porn? Um, well, so the other thing that we're doing is uh, I'm, I'm starting my own venture production studio uh, and it's called Moloch Ventures. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I worked at Consensus, uh, which is a venture production studio. Uh, and the, the goal of the venture production studio is, is, is that you, you have companies as your product, right? And, and so we're all in on Spank Chain right now because we know that this is, this is it uh, and this is, this is going to be big. Um, and but the other thing that we know is that a lot of this technology that we're building is not uh, constrained to you know, the porn industry. And so we're open to partnering with entrepreneurs that are interested in bringing this technology to other domains. Um, and in a way that, uh, uh, you know, benefits everybody and, and can accelerate the adoption and growth. Perfect. I, I like the, uh, I like the ethos. I like the general direction of this company, but I, you know, uh, one of the things that you're going to hear from individuals outside of the space, uh, due to the overall taboo nature of what it is you're trying to accomplish is you're going to hear a lot of folks that are going to say things like, Oh, if you use a platform and it's decentralized in nature, how will you stop kitty porn? How will you stop? You're going to get a lot of these sort of like very like obvious commonplace questions where you would like, hey, if you understand the technology, if you understand the KYC component, a lot of these things are like easily deterred, right? So aside from just like general hating from a technological standpoint, I want to just like kind of pose a question here that is going to be kind of very important. So when you when you come to the topic of um, like pornography, right? So this is the 21st century. We're all, you know, everyone here is a millennial, uh, you know, for the most part. So so let's go ahead and say this. You know, there's there is an equal part of this community uh, globally who consume porn, both male and female. And then on the same on the same front, we have crypto, which the majority in, in purse I can give a clear metric was roughly. Uh, about 89% male, 11% female. We actually have one of the higher female metrics um, for you know services in the crypto Bitcoin space. Um, from from that, I'm aware of. So when you build something like this, you know one of the first things you'll hear, like you'll probably hear a feminist argument, which is you know like are you just building a platform just for dudes and bros? And then obviously your your argument on that end is you know you're trying to build a platform that is more inclusive. Uh, and that that allows these individuals to make more money. So maybe we can just talk, maybe just very briefly, about like kind of like how this empowers the individuals who will opt to use your platform. Because you're not just building a platform for people to show, you know, boobs and dicks. You know, you're you're building a platform that has has a specific business case. So maybe we can explain a bit of, around why performers might be interested in your business case. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, 
So that was like a statement we, question. I'm sorry about that, but I, I like. Yeah, I mean, if I have you on my side, I, I don't know why I, I need to answer these questions. I'll just let you handle them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what what I will say is, um, we 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 do want to empower um, you know everybody in this industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think I, I think the name might turn turn some people off. Um, that's for sure, right? Uh, I, I will argue that it's very memorable, right? It's like permanently I mean, ingrained it's, it's in no your mind. It's more different than YouPorn or RedTube. <laughs> even more, it's, it's definitely a lot less confusing than Axe Hamster, let's be real. <laughs> right. So, but the, the thing is, the, the truth is, is that almost everybody who pays for porn online is a man. Um, and, and so you, I, I think that part, part of, uh, you know, pr- providing a platform uh, that, is catering to the, the male audience that it's intended for, um, and and really trying to uh, bring in as much money as you can because that is what uh, will will make you know the income for the performers uh, who tend to be mostly female, but there there's many men as well too. Uh, higher, right? Um, and and so I, I get the feminist argument. You know, I'm I'm all in support of that, but um, you know, I, I think it's really important to make sure that the business uh, works, um, and and to, to I, I would love to be able to do that in a way that um, makes everybody happy. Um, uh, but I think that you know, Spankchain isn't trying to be you know aggressive. It's it's more trying to be a playful and and trying to make the point that it's okay. You know, today it's, it's okay. Everybody watches porn, uh, and. If, if, if collectively, as a society, we were able to like all admit this at the same time, then it wouldn't it wouldn't be a problem. People wouldn't look at Spank Chain and be like, oh, this is taboo or weird. They'd just say, oh, that's a that's a porn thing. Everybody watches. I mean, this. I mean, yeah, we got to be open minded. We're, <laughs> we're trying. We we we're every day we try to convince you to hey, give up all your centralized control and power and switch your money and your wealth over to this newfound system that we we've been programming. We've been working on it for like the past like decade. We try and sell people on that. We do that successfully every day. And now we're just telling people, hey, there's a better, more fair place for you to go and consume porn. If Damon, if we can't convince you of the latter, we don't deserve to convince you of the former. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, so let's kind of wind things down a little bit. How about we get some details about the ICO? Um, when's it start? When's it stop? Uh, hype it up a little bit. Let's get people excited to get the spank on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our uh, our brand spanking new uh, space channel auction. Oh, <laughs> oh, we'll, oh, we'll, that's <laughs> we'll we'll start uh, October twenty fourth. Uh, so there will be a two week purchase phase, uh, and then once that's done, uh, that's when we enter the processing phase, which is one week, and then uh, we will complete the auction, and everybody will be able to withdraw their funds. So uh, what that means is, you know, October twenty fourth, get your wallets ready. Um, you'll you'll be able to sign on to our website, place a deposit, and then send us your bids, and uh, you'll you'll just sort of wait for a bit, uh, and then and then we'll uh, release the result. Um, and yeah, so uh, did you plug the URL? I don't know if you did. Uh, oh, it's spankchain.com, uh, and that'll have more information. And if you're uh, interested in, in staying tuned for for updates, uh, then uh, you know. Sign up for the email list or join us on uh, Discord. We've moved from Slack because of the spammers. Um, and 
follow us on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to have you join our community. Excellent. Perfect. Well, uh, hell, I think that just about closes it up. I mean, I guess we could go ahead and just submit to the fact that this conversation is over. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> oh, is that how you end all conversations? I hope it is. Uh, okay. So we submit yeah, I guess so. This conversation has ended. I just wanted to submit one more stupid pun before we got out of here. I, I submit. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Take um, me. Well, thank you, thank you for for more with us. I mean, and you know, I, you know, I I, I want to be the one to say, you know, thank you for, you know, one being young, being an entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurial, wanting to like go into a venture like this, you know, being being brave with the topic, taboo. It's uh, it's different, but the technology, in my opinion, speaks for itself. You're obviously trying to do something innovative. Okay, just so happens it might, you know, come from maybe a kind of, you know, uh, it's, it's sex related, but who cares? You know, it's 2017, Trump's president, anything can happen. So might as well, might as well just, you know, roll, roll with the punches and just like see how things go. And I'm glad to see that thus far you've been a great advocate for somebody who's going to come in, ignore the bullshit in the games and the comments and just going to just build. And I think if more people do that, the space will continue to grow at a very at a very fast pace. So thanks, I mean, for coming on and. You know, once once the the spank coins are out there, and you know, uh, things have really like popped off. Come back on the show and uh, <laughs> control yourself. Control <laughs> yourself. Off. This conversation is pun. Is Good shown. job, Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Th- thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. <clears throat> Rob, thanks a lot. You have a great day. Later, man. All right. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Status. Status is a decentralized messaging client that doubles as an Ethereum light client. Their vision is to be the WhatsApp of Ethereum by utilizing the power of Web3. Status aims to be the decentralized messaging client slash dApp store where you can chat, send money, and interface with powerful bots and applications built atop the Ethereum network. If you're a developer, they also have very robust technical documentation, and they make it easy to start building apps quick. So check out their links to their site and API documentation in the show notes below. See you all up on my screen. You like hit me, what that be? Choke me, put me in a hold and slowly button down my jeans. POV my BBC. 20 something like a T. They gon' think I'm smacking bitches when they see what's on your knees. That's our definition. You so thick, small dress to fit in. Click that pause, check my position. Slip my drawers off in the distance. Lock my chart and focus vision. No joker smitten. Make me stand up. No joke of written my poker stiff and I'm stoked. Cause I'm about to blow a big ass load. That's an old tradition.